Hello, once again I would like to welcome you to the podcast, Players in the Game of Life. Today I want to address a question that has been asked of me by some believers and some non-believers or unbelievers as well. The question is this, why is there so many adversities in my life? I'm a believer in Christ Jesus. I go to church on a regular basis. I sing in the choir. You know, I, I pay tithes or I give my tithes and I, I try to do everything that's right. I try to do the best I can. And yet, I still find myself going through trials and tribulations. Call them adversities. The definition of adversity is a misfortune of troubling situation or hardship, rejection, illness, and yes, even the death of a loved one. But the Lord uses adversity in the life of the believer for many purposes, all of them ultimately good. He limits adversity in the life of the believer and provides a way of escape. But none of these statements can be made on behalf of the unbeliever. The unbeliever stands before God in a position of estrangement and alienation. While God loves unbelievers and wants them to come to repentance, they also are subject to harsh treatment if they injure God's children or attempt to interfere with God's plans. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Time and time again in scriptures we read that God showed no mercy to his enemies. He defeated them soundly, decisively, and often he commanded the Israelites to utterly destroy their enemies. Enemies of God sit in a very precarious position. Not only are unsaved persons spiritually lost, but they remain in danger physically, emotionally, and mentally. Satan has total access to an unbeliever, limited only by the prayers of God's faithful people. How many of you had a praying grandmother, a praying mother or father, sister, brother, someone that prayed for you, a friend, they were interceding for you, praying that no harm or danger came upon you when you knew good and well you was in a position where all kind of things could have happened to you, yet and still there was a hedge of protection around you. That's because somebody, somewhere, was praying for you. God responds to the unsaved person according to the person's willful sin and acts of transgression. The Lord does not sit on his throne, survey the world, and take pot shots at people. I don't care what somebody or anybody else have told you. There's no way that we serve a God or we have a God that sits up and, and just waits for you to do something wrong or sit up and just take pot shots at you and or look at you and say, well, look at you now. You're so bad, so vile, so wicked. I'm going to just go on and destroy you right now. That's not God. 
At least not the God that we serve. Amen. God is not a bully. Rather, the Lord moves decisively against sin. God is just and righteous. He must judge and oppose sin. That is the message of the book of Lamentations when Jeremiah concludes that the Lord does not willingly afflict the children of men. The Lord does not desire adversity for his people. Rather, he responds. I say that again. He responds appropriately to their action. I had to make a, a comeback on the word he responds, on the phrase he responds. Responding is someone who uses their mind. Reacting is someone who deals basically with their emotions. If you've ever made a decision based solely on your emotions, I'm quite sure that you have run up against some adversity. If you think about it, and you are a believer in Christ Jesus, and give it everything you got, and wait patiently on the Lord, He will answer you and give you a decision. Some of us have made some decisions in our lives without talking to God. And I'm not sure about those of you who are listening to me, but the consequences of those decisions has been catastrophic. The Lord does not desire adversity for his people. He would rather us to learn how to trust and obey, have patience, have faith and hope in him. That if we talk to him, he will talk back to us. When we realize who God is and that he is a loving father, that he cares for us, we'll be better off. He loves us beyond measure. Fortunately, the dark moments in our lives will not last but so long as is necessary for God to accomplish his purpose in us. That's right, trouble don't last always. I'm quite sure you've heard the Bible verse or, or the saying, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. When they say weeping may endure for the night, that's in this darkest stage, or in the dark stage, when we're lost in darkness. But there is a morning coming. There is day coming. And when that does come, there'll be a brighter day. You've also heard behind every dark cloud, there's a silver lining. Sometimes we just have to be patient enough to wait. Sometimes we have to honestly think about our moves and not respond to things. I mean, think about it and not react to things. Because when we react, Oh boy, there can be some trouble. Have you ever been in a position where you just wanted to, forgive me, just cuss somebody out? That, my brothers and sisters, is a reaction. But if you had just a second or just a, a second or two to think about it, and you all believe and you come to yourself, and you say, no, 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 I'm just going to walk on by. 
I'm not going to indulge in any kind of language or any kind of confrontation that's going to cause me some hardship or cause my father to look at me, my father which art in heaven, look at me in a way and say, mm, I want him to look at me and say that is my son in whom I am well pleased. So I want to handle the situation in a way that is conducive to his blessings and not that brings his wrath upon me. Because God is not a respecter of person. If an unbeliever does wrong, he's got it coming. If a believer does wrong, he's got it coming. My brothers and sisters, I just don't know. What are we going to do? It seems that our situations, even life situations right at this present time have gotten worse than it was before. But I've come to the decision that each generation has gotten progressively worse. My mother and father were a little bit more looser than their mother and father was. But my mother and father still had some things in them that made them discipline me. My children are a lot looser than I am. And it seems like the generation after that has just gone buck wild. But you know what? I don't so much as blame it totally on the children. I blame it on us as parents. Because we give them or have given them so much of what they wanted. We forgot to give them what they need. Our parents gave us what we need. Sometimes it may have been described as child abuse. But it kept me out the penitentiary. Did I stop? Did I ever do anything wrong or never do anything that was against their will? Of course I did. But I thought about the, those things and I even thought about the consequences. And once I figured out the consequences weren't going to kill me, I went on and did it anyway. But the results and the consequences that I faced, not from my mother and father, but from life in and of itself, taught me a very, very, very shrewd lesson and one that stays with me even right today. I'm going to tell you, you really don't want to do things totally against the will or anyway near against the will of God. Now, will we make mistakes? Of course. But God has grace and mercy and he uses those. He will make a way out of nowhere. He'll make a way for us to escape the danger and the things that we're in. The consequences, the choices that we have made. He's made a way for us to escape those. And that's only because he loves us. Adversity, yes, we're going to have. It's a part of life. God uses adversity in those dark moments in our life. And they are absolutely necessary. And they'll last as long as it's necessary for God to accomplish his purpose in us. Until we, and it's not God forcing us, 
God is letting us deal with the consequences of our own decisions. He didn't put this on us. He didn't make you go out and do what you did. You did it because you wanted to do it. Well, why do we do things that we know good and well is going to cause us all of this trouble? Because at first, my brothers and sisters, if the truth be told, the reason why people sin in the first place is because it feels good for a moment. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody understands. Some of those things we have done felt good for a minute. But always time went on. We wish that we never, ever, 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 ever would have done it. And we find ourselves saying to the Lord, Lord God, which art in heaven, if you get me out of this, I'll never, ever, 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 ever do it again. Guess what? God knew we was lying when we said it. But he helped us anyway. That's because he loves us and he's given us yet another chance. But check this out. He gives us another chance because hopefully with the common sense and the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us, we'll sit up and tell somebody else who's in a similar position that there is a way out. And that way out is a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Adversity, my brothers and sisters, is a bridge to a deeper relationship with God. And with that deeper relationship comes a bond that no devil, no demon in hell can get you out of, can take away from you, can separate us from the love of our God. He loves us just that much. In fact, the Bible says in a very familiar scripture that God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm not saying that you're going to live forever. Don't get it twisted. But he's saying that you will have life and you will have life more abundantly. He will give you peace of mind. He will give you joy. He can give you rest. These things man can't give to you. Only God. But check this out as well. Man didn't give it to you. So man can't take it away. If your trust, if your peace is in God. Man can't do anything about it. How do I know? Because the Bible says he'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Boy, boy, boy. Now that's a, that, that, that's a God. That even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we should fear no evil. For God is with me. My brothers and sisters, there's a whole lot. Yes, adversity is necessary because it helps to put us where we're supposed to be. It helps to get us back in line so God can use us. Use us so we can tell somebody else about the goodness of God. Somebody else may come to you and say, what must I do to be saved? And you can tell them because God is using you as his witness. Sometimes, I've heard that experience is the best teacher. But if we were wise enough to listen to those that have already been through traumatic experiences, who have come through 
some adversities in their life. Just maybe if we were to listen to them, we wouldn't have to go through it. And we would benefit from it. But you know there's some hard-headed folks out there. I used to be one of them. But I'm here to tell you now that going against the will of God is not going to turn out like you want it to. My brothers and sisters, my time is short and I have to go. I want you to listen to this. 15 to 16 minutes or so. That's good. Some of our attention spans are not that long and our lunch breaks aren't that long. Talk to a friend. Refer them to this podcast and the others that are going on. You all have blessed me tremendously and I thank you. Bless somebody else. Amen. Talk to you next week. Lord, say the same.